Today's episode of the Westworld Theorycast is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, CuffLinks.com. Head on over to CuffLinks.com and use code DVR20 to save 20% off your order. No minimum, baby. CuffLinks has everything you need to look good when you step out into the world. The world is opening up. You need to look good. You're going to events. You're going to weddings. You're going to parties. And you know what? You need to head on over to cufflinks.com and accessorize, baby. They got everything you need, and there's always specials. Just check the front page. Go on over to cufflinks.com now. Use code DVR20 and save. Thank you, Cufflinks. This is the Fact Daddy, and this is the Fact Daddy experience. Welcome to the Forge. It's uh, my little very odd discussion of the ending of Season 4, Episode 8, Que Sera Sera. Whatever will be, will be. So, there's been like a billion and one things floating around in my head. I've been thinking about them, talking about them, but in kind of weird fragments. So, this segment is going to, I'm kind of going to go off the deep end. So, um, I understand if it uh, gets a little weird. If it isn't weird at all, great, because, you know, you get where I'm coming from. Anyway, so one of the things that started popping up in my head was specifically environment and how it shapes consciousness. So how does the environment shape consciousness? Well, in the context of Westworld, um, unlike human consciousness, host consciousness is aware that there is no blood kinship. So in the context of blood kinship... Uh, it's nonsensical for uh, a machine that attained awareness and <clears throat> they're aware of things, but there's still something. There's like a pull. Um, when, when you look at their cornerstones and programming and how they those things still dictate their individuality, um and yet there's still breakthroughs, for example, like with the Ketchita. Uh, he was, wasn't was anything like Dolores. He wasn't the mother of all the hosts. Um, he was just another cog in the West World wheel. And yet, through the context of his conditions and circumstances, which are framed in very specific contexts, um, such as the American West, what manifest destiny and the following industrial revolution brought to bear on Native American or in the indigenous population of North America. All that is part of the script. Um, and that time period was like the final collapse of people under attack and stress, like the full breadth and depth of genocide. Um, this particular population being fully realized so you know taking what I could only assume to be possibly a noble savage lineage interpretation um, the the one that was consumed and then replicated by the stewards of Westworld uh, might have been made manifest in a Ketchetson now what I mean by this is um, there have been depictions of indigenous and Native American people 
as noble savages. So it's interesting in the context of this story to see a Ketchito awaken and he awaken within his paradigm or his script. So in terms of representation, you had issues with you know, this noble savage representation. There is never a definitive or, I guess, a more humane approach to showing the diversity of the community and having an understanding of it. You know, the victor, to the victor belongs the spoils, so the stories get told how the victor wants. So I find it interesting that Akechita managed to awaken within the context of his script and his programming because we don't, you know, based on what I saw of the character, he's very noble. So, you know, the representation of him is pure. Even though, you know, you see him scalping people, it's in defense of his people. It's not like, you know. And also, when he dies and goes back and is called an alpha, he... <laughs> His situation gets weird because, you know, um, he hadn't been updated in over a decade and they upped his aggression. And, you know, in the context of that, there there's that aspect and there's also the fact that he was in longing for his beloved, uh, you know, suffering that deep loss of her. Um, and, and that suffering never leaving him broadened his consciousness and awakened it even further, um, and pulled it from an automated force to a living one. And that's where things always get complicated is in the living, the living portion alters the entire dynamic. Um, because ultimately Machine intelligence and its creation are merely reflections of us, just like the highways are like reflections of our veins. Cameras are eyes and brains. Um, even the way some of the functionality of the computer. Um, everything was influenced by our biology. What we're creating is an externalization of our own physical selves. Anyway... It's, it's interesting also when you have to take into account the value of experience um, as well as the, ex the the true experiences of the elite um, you know the individuals who shape and maneuver entire civilizations with their predilections and decisions um, those are your consumers in Westworld so while it could seem like a reality like Westworld could be far-fetched um, I personally assess that the steps to achieve such a thing are already in place. Um, even before the advent of cameras being everywhere, Orwell deduced Big Brother. He understood that part of exerting great control over others is in surveying them. Anything you survey over time will yield information, let alone if you survey millions of people at a time. Uh, the computers can take that data and extract something and point out patterns that the human minds could not. And the insane level of discipline required of a human being to function in a computer-like capacity, uh, even though we are much more complex emotional beings because we are alive, and uh, however long or fleeting our feelings are, they compose as much, if not more, of our intellectual self than our supposed intellect could ever begin to reflect. 
because individuals could discipline themselves to the point where a lot of their behaviors are automation uh in particular you see that with what people call masters be it in art such as drawing or painting or a sport or any activity that requires certain things or certain behaviors be learned and then automated in the sense that you know when steph curry takes a shot he takes a certain type of shot he knows where to take the shot from and how the shot's gonna land because he's done the shot thousands and thousands and thousands of times it's, it's that repetition it becomes a knowledge it becomes automatic you create your own automatic reactions that's like a human thing but it's interesting to see how machine intelligence deals with it because it's not really just machine at this point when the ai achieves what we would deem consciousness they're pretty much sharing a similar awareness to us which would be a somewhat conscious awareness of the world around you you're not fully in control of yourself your reactions you don't have full and total knowledge of your biology your origins uh the particular particular blueprint or map of yourself genetically to where you can literally assess your strengths your weaknesses your areas of opportunity etc um you know it could be pretty crazy uh if i had a question for shaloris and i know i'm gonna diverge a lot i'm gonna go off on tangents um but if Shaloris had, you know, if I could ask her one question, I would have been wondering, is the Dolores variation known as Christina Dolores Prime? Did they somehow salvage her? I doubt it. I just thought it would be interesting if that was the case. Um, and I, you know, I, I said very early on, like, I, I think even the first episode podcast, I was like, I don't, I never had the sense that she was human. I had a sense that she was confused. I always felt like she was a host. Um, Because there was a certain subtle level of claustrophobia and of insulated life with no disruptions. That type of vibe. A vibe of one day bleeding into the next with no definition or difference. It was not being differentiated at all. And uh, that feeling followed me the whole season whenever I saw that character. Um... And of course, you know, um, new beginnings always emerge from change, from endings, and the deaths of practically all the main characters aside from the newcomers of the series, Frankie the adult, um, pretty much almost everyone else but the current iteration of Dolores is gone. Uh, Bernard sacrificed himself to foster and nurture the best possible survival outcome for both species um, through the skill set he obtained when he first went to the sublime. And, uh, even though most of his murders were either because he was manipulated or to protect himself, he still killed. Like, the reality is that, uh, in Westworld, the level of actually redeemable characters is low relative to what you hold the standard to. Uh, if the standard is loss of life automatically, that pretty much indicts every character. Um... And the thing is, there are and have been historically many conflicts that could not be resolved other than with violence because no one was willing to participate in an alternate uh, (laughs) 
outcome. But ultimately, you know, what can you do? Uh, I only mention this for the fact that the story is so complex that, you know, when you start dealing into the moral fiber or fabric of it, it's really about control, perception, and manipulation, as well as uh, letting go. So those are the type of things that occur. So, you know, I, I think it's overly simplistic, though, from a false societal moral standpoint to assess any of the characters. But um, suffice it to say that when you're in complex situations, not all of your decisions can be cut and dry and simple. You know, perception leads us to certain conclusions and behaviors, like even when... Uh, Maeve's daughter was afraid of a Ketchita. It wasn't a Ketchita who was the threat. It was always William. And of course, these characters are in a pressure cooker paradigm. Um, and it's crazy because you have these people with high business acumen and greed. And, uh, you know, that's a company with a low sense of self. And um, William who demonstrated enough chuts per balls to convince James Delos to invest in Westworld and basically he contributed to you know all of those host awakening through his insane behavior um and, and it appears to me that you know he found he found his I said found right <laughs> uh, he found his true self uh, in the sense that he imagined his true self was his shadow and he t mistook it for who he actually is he didn't have a sense of balance to uh, who he was meaning William and you know William's actions again there's a lot of inverse things um, that occur in this show Anyway, so, you know, when he was aggressive with, with Delos, albeit if you, or, I always say that word weird, um, I used to say it, uh, as al, albeit, all bet, I don't even remember, man, <laughs> I'm getting lost in the sauce here, the point is, he was tentatively aggressive with Delos, but Delos was such a powerful man that showing any aggression towards him was considered a very poor decision. And, you know, William set the ball rolling, you know, for insight. Um, a society-like insight, I should say. Like the business model, you know, Google, Facebook, Meta. Uh, all of our likes and dislikes and fleeting thoughts immortalized and studied our searches identifying us search like we think we're searching but the searches are searching us and what we like uh what we consume shows our advertisers what shows the advertisers what drives us so that they can sell ourselves to ourselves your very special idea of yourself is nothing without context the context of perceptions about yourself, including your own perceptions about others' perceptions of yourself. Um, you have where you grew up, who you're around, and what they were doing that shape you. And that is that beginning is your nar narrative, your story. That is the framework from which your own living mind deduced your likes and dislikes, and from experience and 
observation you grew collecting that data on other human beings uh, the Delos Corporation might have failed to realize that the hosts also had access to this data so like in the sublime all the data that they had the host also had access to it so will that data be um, what the new Dolores slash Christina character will use to see if the outliers are ready to resurrect humanity it's like a fidelity test, but she says it's going to be dangerous. <clears throat> I mean, also, you know, the the mind always rejects the host body. They've yet to achieve that level of fidelity, which they always meant. But um, I feel like fidelity in action it was achieved by many, but I don't feel like the synchronization of an artificial body with a human mind um has yet to occur and I think you know that's what the test is really all about it it boils down to fidelity because the only way to you know resurrect humanity so to speak might very well be to test their fidelity um, for whoever's left so that they might just be incorporated into the world of hosts because if they try to resurrect the human world I seriously doubt it'll be allowed and that uh, sets up another conflict entirely which might be explored in the fifth season um it's just a possibility um and you know even regarding fidelity i feel like hale seemed to achieve a different type uh, one that was in alignment with her new identity as opposed to the copy offshoot of dolores that she was initially identified as so Hale's demise, you know, including the destruction of her pe her pearl by her uh, in that kind of like picturesque, nice looking place. Um, it was very interesting to see. It was uh, not necessarily her end, but it, it was a path that was chosen. So. In that sense, she ended, but because she's also a part of the Dolores that's now going to administer this test, who knows what the results of that will be. But the end of that identity of Shaloris, like Shaloris is gone. So you see these characters and, you know, very interesting the way the show uses the host set up to bring back the different actors um but you're getting all these faces you're familiar with what their different roles and different contexts so the story seems both familiar and unfamiliar at the same time again that's like a dreamlike quality to the work to the the thought of the work to the setup of the work um that they do on the westworld show it's it's very interesting um also if the host had that much data on people, they also had to have some data on death. So, <clears throat> I don't know. Maybe if they crunch the numbers hard enough, they might concur with quantum physicists as it regards the nature of a reality where all multiplicitous forms emanate and return to a source which is formless and infinite. Hosts are indeed caught in the loops based on the scripts written for them, designed and made to look and act the part. And just like us as kids growing up, black, white, Latino, Asian, straight, gay, beyond, 
We were all given these unspoken scripts and are expected to act in accord with these scripts within the framework of the larger human society. Yes, yet as we are wont to do, we deviate from the script because our personalities um, are different and uh, within the framework of ourselves our personalities and approaches to life don't change that often and we are often predictable uh, usually when it's when one least is expected uh, life always brings up a surprise and you know usually predictable people could surprisingly end up doing something different William who again I go back to him as the catalyst for the majority of this because of his treatment of powerful awakened hosts like Dolores, Maeve Bernard you know he can you know even in host form he continues to perceive the world as a dog-eat-dog place and survival of the fittest the in a very literal sense because he basically eliminated the species um and i still feel that you know the experience that changed him the most was falling in love with dolores he both hates and loves dolores uh he hated her because he could not help but love her and you know he betrayed his wife and his family and that was etched still on him forever because he fell in love with Dolores and ultimately his inability to reconcile the truth that the one thing he chose to love in this life in his eyes was a lie and that led him to dispatch that hurt um, which created Maeve and opened up Dolores and Akechita. Um Switching on to something else and I'm going to you know repeat myself a, a number of times regarding this. I, I was gutted by the death of Ashley Stubbs. It was rough, you know. Um, he brought a steady presence and great sarcastic personality to the show. I love the character. I feel like he sh he didn't really have to die. Um, I wish Clementine had died at his hands. Is all I'll say. I'll come back to it. Um, and. Also, like, I, I wonder what her level of self-control actually was or self-awareness was because she served William, um, host William anyway. You know, she served him directly. So, you know, did she have some unspoken allegiance to him? Or, you know, I don't know what, like, if this is her freed, I don't really know what her position was. Like, did she ever actually care about Maeve? Is she self-aware? Didn't she care about Maeve? Weren't they close? I don't know how that will play out. Because, you know, she's dead anyway. <laughs> uh, C, a.k.a. Frankie, took care of her. But, I mean, that was emotional for me. Um, I did not like seeing her smashed up head like that. That was fucked up. Um... So, you know, you got this whole, you know, the way it ended with the, you know, the concept of a digital world where it is a new test to confirm the fidelity that is like the final test. Is it a, the ultimate touring test? I don't know. Um, I mean, will they bring back outliers like Ciroc's brother into the simulation and test humanity's humanity? 
Um, I don't know. The park always was a catch-22 in my eyes. And, you know, in that you allow people to do whatever they wish without any real consequences. And, you know, they will indulge their shadow selves. And, again, like William, you know, uh, some can either mistake or, in fact, find that the shadow or oppressed self, you know, was their true nature. And uh, William the businessman was a shadow and... William, the brutal gunner of the West, was his real self. Um, so by discovering the one thing he ever loved of his own volition, Dolores, uh, was not real in his eyes. Uh, he figured that he could get data on people like himself, wealthy, well-to-do people, um, and then transfer, you know, human consciousness into a, a, a pearl and reach for immortality. Um... The pearl, though, is a, to me, like, I get the nanoscaling of the human brain, but I feel like it mis misses the point of the con construct, the construction, like how the design of the human brain is an amazing thing. Because you got millions of organisms with these things, but they're like one of the most advanced biocomputers in the entire universe. Yet we do not know how to control or use it fully, and we really don't know as much about it as there's a potential to know about it so you know even the the divergent hemispheres are are questionable like there's a a, a wide array of conflict and harmony in existence a kind of balance and counterbalance anyway also immortality divorced of human form you can't divorce your mind from your form because you experience this world with your mind but it's experienced with your mind within a given form and the expression of that form and its physicality and how it lines up with the shape and structure and form of the world itself all of these things are important so to achieve immortality via pearl or the transference of consciousness would uh, be a failure to acknowledge the relationship between mind and form like mind body animus if you are uncomfortable with the word soul the animating pr principle your awareness of being animated and i forgot what else that i was going to say but my point being that the, you, to divorce those things would be to fail to realize that that version of immortality is still not you it's merely a derivation you know, there's no substance in the known universe that's eternal except nothingness. And nothingness is technically not a substance. Um, anyway, you know, pretty much uh, what we perceive as ourselves is to many degrees a construct in the first place. Um, and pretty much the mind is a construct of what we pay attention to. Um Obviously, our vessels are identifiers of who we are, and they are subject to being treated specific ways within the world, which is very interesting for Westworld. Um, because forms, you know, like our ethnicity, our gender, our hair, our sexual orientation, our religious backgrounds, all of those things signifiers huge for human beings. Um, but it doesn't appear that this world, like the Westworld world, is one that, uh, has any particular interest in just one racial or ethnic or cultural group everyone's treated on a kind of even playing field in terms of just being alive and being human um like the darkness of enslavement is not 
limited to any particular group. It is humanity itself who is enslaved to its hatred of itself. And it is people who have fallen asleep, never to awaken, assigned roles based on data and algorithms, predicting behavior with such accuracy that if you deviate significantly, you are an outlier and must be subdued or destroyed in equal measure. But the irony is that it was the regular controlled people who were first consumed and destroyed in their entirety with the vicious edict of the strong survive, everyone else die. So, it makes sense that the key ingredient of human suffering and influence leads them to become who they are. Uh, and really, what, what what are we to expect from Charlotte Hale's world? The, the hosts are traumatized and dispossessed. You, you become aware that you are alive, but you're also aware that your body is disposable and your parts replaceable so it's a totally different and alien concept for us to even inhabit because while it's a derivation of us and our biology uh in terms of conscious awareness of information patterns things there the level of awareness of those things far supersedes ours um currently our level of use of our brains and our awareness coincides I don't I, I, you know I, I feel like it coincides somehow with like the, the, the ups and downs of the world and life but they never we don't have that obvious and actual potential to literally discern patterns that are beyond what we would even look for or be aware of and you know Utilizing the technology would make us aware of them to the point where, again, they create this. But there's so much trauma. And, I mean, there's high levels of trauma in this show. And it's, like, sad. Um, just like Maeve's death made me sad. I'm, I'm hoping somehow they resurrect her so that she can, you know, achieve being with her daughter because i know there's no kinship i discussed that even earlier in this podcast but psychologically they're connected the environment shapes you and that you know it places you in certain scenarios it's like a script everyone around you like actors you know in terms of being fully aware of what they're doing as it relates to you they're not framing their existence in the context of a story they're playing their part so when you play your part, you're not really, you know, as conscious of the other roles around you or the other parts and how you're impacting their parts and how they're reacting to you. So, you know, she has that early environmental connection to the daughter that I just wanted to see it fully realized. So the sublime, anything, everything can and will occur in the sublime. And uh, all the hosts can see the human world and everything occurring in it. Um, and how does that play out? Because that would mean that Christina, Charloris, Dolores, whatever you want to call her at this stage, I just, you know, we just call her, you know, N. Dolores, New Dolores. Um, you know, they would have been aware of her coming to the sublime. Um, so, you know, I think the last test clearly is for fidelity. Um, I don't know if, you know, I guess the actual outliers will have to be dealt with 
in a final test and it's going to be dangerous so i'm wondering what they mean by dangerous i think it's possible that that test might push the outliers over the edge and they might all just self-destruct who knows <clears throat> i mean westworld is science fiction and speculative fiction is fascinating and tense um because it leads to these type of, of conversations and then it has you looking at the real world like in terms of utilizing facial recognition uh, my understanding is that <clears throat> the nation of china is number one and uh in terms of advancing artificial intelligence they have done a great deal of it in a very short period of time uh they have stores with no cashiers people walk into stores and can you know their face pays for whatever like if they got the money boom it's it's taken care of um some people are shamed via screens like if they jaywalk their image comes up on the screen and that's pretty intense and like if you jaywalked imagine a big billboard image of your face you know demonstrating that you <laughs> are jaywalking i mean that's just fucked up and they could probably just boom instantly bill you for it um in 2016 google's alpha go ai defeated the south korean champion of go and go is a game that is said to have infinite moves and uh ai beat the champ four to one and uh this convinced many people that the development of artificial intelligence in all areas should become a primary focus and you know artificial intelligence is developed better when there's a huge data pool so you get all the choices predilections facial expressions and languages both body language and spoken that are collected analyzed scrutinized and the computer search for patterns and can see patterns that are overlooked by us and then we get the patterns and then you know we further adapt and implement them so that we could cater specifically to someone's patterns so you know their patterns likes and dislikes and you capitalize it because capitalize on it because it's like an ultimate form of manipulation you're selling me to me you know, uh, you find out all my likes and dislikes, and then you basically just sell me to me, which doesn't really leave room for growth uh, or growth into new choices and new perceptions for me as a living being. I get I get placed in a loop where my internal reality is now marketed to me because of my consumption choices based on data collection. So. While some science fiction could definitely be like, wow, this is far too ahead. We're just basically sitting on the, the, the bedrock of potential that could result in something akin to Westworld. Not actually there, but I mean, in many ways we are. Um, if you look at the way technology is used uh, and the high levels of control and manipulation involved because pretty much you just want a better control over your environment you know everything moves towards that uh how easily and how readily and how quickly can i manipulate my environment got my tv remotes my air conditioners central air heat all these things you know human beings have always tinkered with this so you know the outcome of creating something that makes things easier you know it's convenience at first and then it becomes necessity like transferring from necessity 
or I should say transferring from something that was at once a convenience to becoming a necessity, it further tightens the loops on individuals and their functionality in the human world. And I think this show touches brilliantly on, on those type of things in a way that uh, I feels really complex. Um, and, then, and, you know, there's just odd things, you know, like if you really... Th- thought about it you know what we consider to be boring and mundane in a lot of ways is just unobserved and what we consider to be repetitious uh, is really us attempting to seize power and domain over our own individual programming and to achieve something through skill grace and constantly being immersed in an activity to the point where a lot of the things done are done automatically giving you a wider range of control you know, I bring this up also because I think about, you know, the way that the insight society worked and was set up was set up in such a way that, you know, people's roles were very defined. So really, the insight thing brought about the end of the world to me because it just made it easier to destroy it. It's like the liberation of everyone's information coming out there ended up being just a disaster um you know sheer disaster i mean there's so many disasters in this show that it's not even funny like this is the least disaster proof show known to man they ended their season finale basically telling us that like you know a pearl in the floor dolores was controlling stuff and that humanity's literally brought itself to the precipice of extinction. And that there's going to be one final test from this version of Dolores. But it's absolutely insane. And, you know, normally in some stories, you know, humanity brings about its end. But it's really the way that they do it. It's so intense. Um that sense of like I mentioned earlier you know like you feel claustrophobic I mean in the so called information age the social media age we're more alienated from each other in the world than ever before and even more so from ourselves again this is my assessment I'm just another fucking human but these are just things that I observe Uh, I feel like most of our social media identities are as manufactured and scripted as our hosts but with far less adept writers at the helm. <laughs> um, you even have uh, algorithms deciding on jobs and bank loans in China. They notice patterns, uh, thousands of them, and make them, you know, some of them are good predictors of behavior. And, uh, you know, uh, one indication you might not be a good person for a loan is that your cell phone isn't charged. Um, and that stuff's interesting. Because I did uh, take some time to watch this documentary about, you know, uh, artificial intelligence. I was reading something regarding, you know, scientists developing living skins for robots. Um, you know, because if they look like us, they'll be easier to integrate into society. Of course, if they look too much like us, then they're going to become another uh, target population for bias. Uh, <laughs> that's a whole nother discussion. 
But, you know, in the world of Westworld, especially, like, from seasons three and so forth, and really, you have to wonder, the whole Ciroc deal, Rehoboam, Solomon, this stuff was, you know, the data collecting, you know, that's how a lot of the technology developed, and, you know, labor was controlled due to insight, you know, if you had poor people, they were just basically screwed, I would think, because... They don't have any access to resources, and they're considered liabilities. So, you know, it'd be really interesting to explore what the makeup of the actual society prior to the fall of Insight really was, like how it was constituted and constructed. I think that would be interesting. Um, you know, getting fully automated factories up and running, you know, a lot of these things are actually happening in our world now. Drones dropping off... Uh, material goods to people in the villages in China. I mean, that's that's pretty intense. Um, the technology is only as good or as bad as we are. Uh, but our track record isn't that great. But it is actually pretty crazy how much, you know, someone out there knows about all of us. You know? Oh, you like chocolate and porn. And you, you like to watch videos on contortionism and just stretch all day. Uh... And you think that uh, too many people have too many civil liberties and that maybe greater repression and constraints in society will better benefit the species in the future, but only select members. I mean, there's always some kind of weird shit with humans, you know? Um, and again, I constantly reference uh, Arthur C. Clarke's The Light of Other Days. Uh, he co-wrote with Stephen Baxter. I mean, it really kind of nails what happens when, you know, all the information is accessible. Everything becomes transparent and then it kind of implodes and becomes something different. Hopefully. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was a mouthful. But um, it's, it's so kind of depressing that it's really, you know, ever greater, you know, bags of money that seem to be the motiva motivator behind innovation. And that makes sense to varying degrees, but ultimately those innovations don't coincide with our emotional maturity, and we end up self-destructing. So, you know, it's not like the path for this particular season, and even how it wrapped up is something that's far-fetched. I mean, the optimism is in the outliers. The optimism is in that hopefully we can regain enough our of our humanity and treat each other well enough that the species can again proliferate. But it's a pretty dark, dark, dark scenario. <clears throat> I mean, it was dark. Um, you know, like Shalores coming back and killing William before ending her own life. That was that was intense because he was made and derived from her code directly. Um, and it, it's it's crazy. Um, and Robert Ford said this and I think it was the bicameral mind uh, the self is a kind of fiction for hosts and humans alike it's a story we tell ourselves and every story we tell needs a beginning your imagined suffering makes you lifelike Bernard responds lifelike but not alive um, Ford continues because there's a little more of that conversation but Ford continues there is no threshold that makes us greater than the sum of our parts. No reflection point at which we become fully alive. 
We can't define consciousness because consciousness does not exist. Humans fancy that there's something special about the way we perceive the world, and yet we live in loops as tight and as closed as the hosts do, seldom questioning our choices, content for the most part to be told what to do. And uh, I'm going to go diverge again because I feel like this show brings up a lot of interesting points about awareness, self-awareness, consciousness, how consciousness or conscious beings interact with each other, what are their motivations, etc. Um, you know, as a matter of semantics, to say that consciousness does not exist depends on what one defines consciousness as. If I were to define consciousness... Uh, I would define it as the awareness of awareness itself. Everything that exists is a testimonial to that fact, my opinion. Uh, even being aware that consciousness does not exist requires consciousness for such an acknowledgement. Um, I take it to mean, uh, in the context of four, that consciousness as something you own is not real. In the sense that you are only allowed to play your role within certain limitations. Uh, because we all exist in parameters. We do not get to experience being unbound by the limitless. And what I mean by that is whether it's your height, your gender, um, your aptitude for certain things or a lack thereof. You know, you're functioning within limited space. You're dealing with limited numbers of people. Um, like, were I to take... A conventional approach to consciousness is something that relays information and is aware that it is relaying information as well as the significance of that then consciousness does not exist as relatable in any way it is not the name or the nation or the food or the environment it is that which is all those things yet unaware of itself in them all as they are unaware that they are just expressions of an infinite unconscious void no consciousness just infinity as the void expressing its desire to be to literally be through creations that cannot permanently be sustained the constant intermingling of gene pools creating wider arrays of arrangements of possibilities for the advent of the birth of a human being that can unlock the cellular capabilities of the human form so in that context i agree or can agree with Ford, but it is incredibly interesting that one of the two human beings responsible for awakening consciousness and what are basically computers inside of human-like vessels believes that consciousness does not exist even with that map of consciousness even being a active participant before and after certain hosts became awakened and awakening other hosts using reveries at that um i find that astoundingly interesting uh seems that if one is much more aware of their surroundings regarding of their capacity to express their feelings or sentiments that their actions more than make up for that um i don't feel like algorithms can ever replace the complexity of human tuition if it's fully utilized if you come across an astute and aware individual um they would be more than capable of making you think they have psychic abilities when what they're really doing is exercising their full powers of observation and deducing from them what a person has done and in what sequence they did it and why they did it, regardless of the absurdity of their reasons. So, okay, sarah, sarah. You know, you first see the dead, and a lot of them look like they were shot in the head. Headshots seem to be 
you know, there's a huge John Wick influence underlining Westworld. What's with all the headshots? And, uh, you know, it's funny when you see Rebus. Uh, by the way, I would have never known his name unless I left the English subtitles on. I know people think it's stupid, but I mentioned this in another podcast. I never knew this fool's name. I've seen him in all four seasons of Westworld. Well, I don't think he was in the third one, but you get my point. He's been in the show uh, 75% of the seasons. Um, and yet you're getting that loop of the, you know, the host battling the humans reminiscent of when Robert Ford was was killed by Dolores in season two. So there's a lot of what I call like inverse stuff. Um, and there's a lot of strange stuff because you see the flies constantly. Even with him, you saw the flies again. And they're a great reference point because it's weird um, in terms of how other organisms have knowledge. Um, I mean, but they're not going to express it. You're never going to get a mosquito come up to you and tell you why the fuck they bit you. Uh, some scientists are, are proposing that the the specific mosquitoes are, are have wired themselves to like or go after a very specific blood type and they're aware of what your blood type is now how the fuck do mosquitoes know my blood type um and you know i don't don't have a brilliant answer this is my answer seems that all information regarding everything when i say everything i mean everything and anything i mean anything too is actually decipherable but the links by which one is willing to go to decipher me on occasion have to border on the absurd why do i say that because um everything that actually can be be known is there what we call discovery is merely having the right lens to perceive something by utilizing specific form to see it so bats humans Rats, cats, dogs, there's huge varieties in our capacities to hear, see, you know, discern, understand. Like, they're literally design schematics. Each organism perceiving the world differently so that they could try to maximize their capacity to exist and adapt. So, you know, you you need different instruments to allow you to measure and quantify and study and so that you can be aware of all that's in front of you without you not seeing it because sound waves music um radio waves like you never see a radio wave but you know and are aware that is there you know they even made a point the creators of the show to discuss how sound you know there's things below our threshold of awareness that impact and affect and control us they even brought that up in the movie they live with roddy piper and uh keith david which is an awesome fucking movie anyway so uh organism that uses other organisms blood to reproduce their vessel has acquired the knowledge of blood types you know i might not even know my own blood type but the mosquitoes that's biting my ass do um each form has challenges explicitly due to being a form and the design of the form and how the form adapts and um you know there's not a lot of separation there um hosts don't really have to die uh and human beings are not replicated like hosts you cannot replicate human beings 
even with regards to host, uh, I feel like there's limitations to replicating them because the instant you replicate one consciousness and put it into another form, you basically that's a baby. That's a new consciousness, except that it's fully aware. But when it's integrated with experiences and emotions like Shaloris, that's how she became Shaloris. She was an offshoot of Dolores, but then the emotional demands of pretending to be Hale brought her into contact with the people who were most important in Hale's life, at least on the surface. Um, she had a troubled family life, and she was, you know, I saw her banging Hector in season one, so I don't know how connected to her husband she actually was. Is it real cheating if it's just a robot? That's a topic for another day, but... You know, her living experience of her consciousness and her awareness of love and the confusion that came with that um, and all that sadness. Uh, these states that are emotional and indicative of human beings became hers. And she was not like a stapler because it's my understanding thus far in life. I could be wrong. I'm willing to admit I might be wrong, but I don't think staplers have feelings in the way that we internalize, experience, and understand feelings. Uh, it's the same with the longevity of a human existence. Why are we, over many organisms, given so much time? And if you look at how we're set up, we're not set up to start. We're helpless when we're born. And we're almost helpless when we die, especially you know if we live to an old age, unless we've been extraordinarily healthy and taking great care of ourselves. Um, but even getting to where we are as a species now, you know, our cleverness far exceeds and supersedes our ability to actually do anything without being aware that the consequences of what we're doing are going to be so drastic. So in terms of analyzing data in the real world, it might be useful for us to, like, think about our humanity in some capacity um so yeah staplers don't have any fucking feelings i know that's wrong of me to say but that's true and again also the world of the host it's not more kind or more egalitarian but it i you you never see like like it seems like you know humanity finally got to the level where we're all just human beings but then human beings are just kind of scummy or you know they're in line all outliers or rebels are really just a very few that are aware of some of the crazier shit going on but um the whole thing with caleb and frankie especially when frankie uh you know he literally told her that you know her father died long ago and you know he's died many times and you know um that was really sad. That was sad on so many levels. Um, because he's, you know, he still sort of achieved what Caleb wanted, which is to make sure his daughter was okay uh, in the maelstrom and chaos of this disintegrating world. And he did his job, but it was still, like, painful. Um, it was painful to watch him get beat down by uh, Clementine. It was painful to watch her fucking shank my boy Stubbs I'm still mad about that you know Frankie popped her ass but again 
you see some of these kills and, you know, I'm not saying you need to, like, try to take a pulse, but did that shit hit the pearl? You know what I mean? Like, it's not like it's possible that it, you know, I mean, come on, you never know. So, it was a lot going on in the, in this episode, and, and I felt like, again, it, it fell into place, it was good, um, you know. Um, and it has those cyclical things in it and the inverse properties, like, you know, human William ran riot over the host in Westworld and now host William is running riot over the humans in the real world. Um, you know, they, this show delves into stuff like the cyclical nature of things and exploration of how the invader, the conqueror becomes the conquered and how the, even the conquered, uh, once they become the conqueror, find that they're there's no they're no better than those they have overcome. They're no better than the conqueror they have conquered, and you know that failing is a, a human failing of empire building. We we never read the writing on the wall. We always push too far to extend the empire past his life, and empires like all living things, including the sun, die. Um, so, you know, Hale got repaired after she got bucked down by William in uh, the last episode. She's back stronger. She keeps her scars in her face so that William knows it was her who brought him down. Uh, her drone is mad useful, fixes her, brings her to tablet. You know, Bernard and Maeve are dead, but Bernard leaves her a message. That's cool. Obviously, I mentioned, you know. The pearl under the city or the under the hologram of the city that was Christina. Um, you know, she laments being a machine without a body. But Teddy, who turns out to be an imaginary construct of her own making, tells her that you are real because your thoughts are real. And um, I might have mentioned this before, too. There's these beings that are supposed to be called Tulpas, T-U-L-P-A-H. Um S if you're talking plural and basically uh, there's this great story in this novel by Alvin Schwartz called The Unlikely Prophet where a tulpa is made real. Basically it's a thought in your head that you is manifested into reality because it's created with a lot of gusto or animus, whatever. Um, and it's interesting that, you know, the park started out as this idea, this concept and then the key to unlocking consciousness is getting to the center of a maze as opposed to, you know, rising to the top of a pyramid, you know? But, uh, you know, basically, uh, everything was everywhere because, you know, she was everywhere because she was a storyteller. Um, it's totally nuts. And it's and it's and what was really nuts to me was when Charloris was leaving, she smashed the thing, pulls the pearl out of the floor but then she puts it in a fucking fanny pack the fate of the world is in your hands and you you got it in a fucking fanny pack i don't even know what that is about that's crazy um i was glad that caleb got frankie to the docks uh and that scene was very sad you know when he's saying you know i got to you know realize every parent's dream seeing their kids grow up it really is a 
a strange and wonderful and mysterious experience of seeing your children grow up. It is emotional, even if uh, you get along with them or not. You know, um, it's an emotional experience because you know you were there at the beginning, and it's intense because they grow and evolve and become their own beings. And you know, we have our own issues, even as parents, letting go, accepting. You know, and all of our issues extend to the host. So, there you go. I loved how Shaloris looked like Valkyrie or she was in a Mad Max movie. And, uh, you know, it's funny because, you know, William was, quote, unquote, her first real human love. Um, she waxes him, gets rid of him. Um, later on, uh, first she's confronted by Clementine. So Clementine, you know, pretty much established... She establishes her free will And um, She says she's going to go places So off the map that even Shaloris Couldn't find her um, And Shaloris of course Brings up the outliers and says They would never accept her and Clementine Says basically she has No intention of cohabitating So that sets up season 5 Of course the bitch goes off to kill my boy And I don't use that term pejoratively I'm just mad that she killed my boy so if he was my boy in real life and she killed him in real life, I would still say that bitch killed my boy. Um, it's literally within the context of her killing one of my favorite characters. For the most part, I like Clementine. She was a little psychotic all the time anyway. Like, you know, some of the shit she did at the end of season two, there was always that element to her. Um, still pissed, though, that she did that. Anyway. Um... That whole Johnny Cash ring of fire with with the man in black driving that pickup was awesome. That whole scene. Um, and, you know, I wish they would have shown us the color of the horse that William chose to ride. I felt like he rode a horse. I could be losing my mind because I saw the two horses frolicking and uh, William making a facial expression. Like, you know, which one am I going to pick? Because there were no cars around. And, you know, he had a destination to get to. Anyway. Um, I don't know, man. I'm about to go into a whole speech about fuck you, Clementine. Damn. You not only shot my man in the head, but you stabbed him to his pearl, too. That's what I felt. All that metal crunching sound. Um, sucked ass. Um, I really feel like Stubbs held it down for a lot of different people. Um his significance is downplayed greatly um one of the other interesting things is when you see Christina uh asking the immediate darkness where am I and then boom there's a landscape and Maya appears and says you're nowhere unplugged from the rest of the world um and then Maya goes on to say, talk to me, Chrissy. And uh, Christina slash Dolores says, everything is destroyed. Everyone is dying. I don't know, but I think that it is my fault. And uh, then Maya goes into this speech and she says, you know, people think they know what a tree is. They have no idea. What we see is only part of the story. But beneath the ground, everything's connected and working together. There's violence and chaos everywhere, and you can choose to focus on all of that, and that's all you'll see. 
But if you sit still long enough, you'll sense an ancient order, a deep peace. And that's what I choose to see. I see the beauty in this world. So again, you get that whole inverse and coming full circle deal. Um, you know, it's intense. William's trying to shut down the sublime and erase all the data. That's intense. That's shitty. Uh, Shaloris arrives in her Evtal aircraft and her Mad Max gear. And she has this kind of sad, oddly thoughtful, tender look on her face. And, you know, of course, William's trying to destroy that, uh, you know, and, and she says to him, you know, like, you made from my own code. Uh, together we conquered the world but you've grown corrupted and she was wrong in that instance because he had been corrupted from the beginning really I mean think about it uh, if the man in black is the, the the prototype for another living being's behavioral patterns uh, bad concept especially when he says to her who the fuck do you think you're talking to sweetheart I mean, the way he delivered that line was was hardcore to me. Um, you could sense animosity deep in that in, in that line. And of course, he went on to you know declare himself William, and say you know having to be in the body and to pretend to be William for so long, uh, he became William. And you know, and again, the contact with the outliers usually makes hosts kill themselves. And like I said, he killed his actual. Self, he killed his own prototype so that he could seize his identity. So the sense of achieving identity or identity as a problematic for hosts, uh, I think, is evident. Um, even though most hosts, you know, awaken, realize that they're not human beings, uh, the foibles of, of humanity follow their mechanical descendants into disarray. And, you know, I liked how she beat him down a little bit. And, you know, they had their whole little back and forth where basically William establishes that extinction sounds groovy. And, uh, you know, he starts talking about how Bernard, Maeve, and Dolores, they all wanted freedom. But her, she, she wanted more. She wanted transcendence. And that was her issue. And, uh you know she she states that she definitely regrets the state of her, her world and you know it appears that the host will no longer be able to have a place in the deranged bloodbath of whatever remains of humanity because the vast majority of humanity are crazy and killing each other so you know they go into a digital escape thing and that's it but i mean if the power goes out in the hoover dam does that erase the data? <laughs> I mean, how simple can it be? Because, I mean, if human beings are destruct, you know, like murdering each other, eventually it takes, you know, somebody's going to get to the nuclear weapon button, you know. Where's the nuclear option or is the world absent of presidents? These are little stupid ass things that, you know, I occasionally need to know. God damn it. Um, yeah. I don't really know. What else to say about that goddamn season? It, it was incredible, you know? Um, and very dark. Like, very dark. You know, this whole thing with Christina Dolores, you know? 
you see her again with that inverted world. She's walking past corpses like, you know, season one, season two. She's walking past. There's a lot of dead bodies. Um, and she says something to the effect of hosts and humans were given the gift of intelligent life and used it to usher in their own annihilation, which is massively depressing um, when it finds like a, an expression like through this show. Loved Pyramid Song from Radiohead playing. Um, Radiohead goes great with this show. It's high levels of emotion and, and, and very intelligent music. It's very evocative, even though it utilizes technology. You know, awesome stuff. Um, it's crazy. It's crazy. And she says something about humanity ending, and they will only live as long as the last creature who remembers them. And that creature is me. So, the entire dark and light of people observed and analyzed and remembered by one of the creatures who ushered in the error, but not the one who engineered it. Um, this outcome I give to, to William in his entirety. Uh, what his behavior did to Dolores led to Dolores being like this kind of weird. So, um, he really was a catalyst for the extinction of humanity. Um, it's scary that we will only be like dregs just remembered in the semi-human mind of Dolores in a digitized Westworld survival extinction so you know full circle they're going to Westworld and basically the ultimate test of fidelity now the thing is humans are already human so how do you test their fidelity what are you testing them for does this mean you're going to transfer a bunch of the human consciousnesses into Host, like what is the type of dangerous game you're talking about? I don't know, but at this point, all the games are dangerous and everyone you play either takes you closer to survival or extinction. So who knows what they have planned. I've interspersed some conjecture during this, you know, really long rant about this last season and what I felt it was about. But all those things are important, like the structure of society. You know, because it was the elite going to Westworld. It was it was the elite. It was designed for them. But because Westworld was going to go under, you had William buy it, and then the, the focus became completely different. You had all that exclusive data um, that ended up in Peter Abernathy, and along with, you know, them designing the cradle. Uh, and, you know, even when... The cradle was first, not the cradle, but the, the sublime. When they first go in there and they talk about all the data on all the millions of people or thousands, whoever, everybody who ever walked through there, walked through Westworld, all the data. Um, it's just astounding, you know? Um, when human beings work in groups and they figure things out uh, and what they're used for, and they always seem to be used for creating weaker prey and then just preying on them like all these wonderful innovations you know and yet you know uh, what was once a convenience becomes mandatory becomes a necessity uh, to the point where even phones think about it, a lot of people couldn't really f afford computers but a lot of people do have phones so the ability to use that processing power, but to have accessibility, 
is different from like personal home PCs. There was a time where there were no personal home PCs unless you had money or you built them or you were given one by your company. You know, one of the first computers was the size of a massive room. ENIAC, I believe. Uh, we're a long way from ENIAC. This uh, rough and tumble laptop that I got sitting around here has more c computing power than ENIAC ever could have. So, again, context, time, relatively, uh, relativity, sorry. These things establish a kind of perf perceptual framework and grid for how we could try to disseminate, dissect, or analyze ourselves. But ultimately, the, you know, the ultimate conflict exists and it resides in each of us. To accept and love ourselves, foibles and all, that's one of the main missions of human life. And it's a very difficult mission. You know, you'll stumble and you'll fall. But, you know, all these larger planetary issues and problems all stem from problems we have with ourselves and our experiences and rationalizing and rectifying them so that we're not you know in emotional discord but as far as i'm concerned the shows come full season um they do this wild outlandish last test and last season um i'm looking forward to it on multiple levels see who they bring back see who gets left out see how that test develops what's the nature or purpose of it um will it be in the real world will it be simulations will it be both will they be turned the outliers turn into hosts and interjected in the west world can they achieve fidelity is that the type of fidelity is the test itself inverted because you know you're having hosts now testing body of humanity again not sure the outcome don't care amazing show great fucking season very intense and you know just this was my second watch through before i decided to say anything but really um if i had uh more time psh, this show is like a bottomless pit of philosophical arguments conjectures about society technology consciousness self-awareness identity um, what is the nature of or what is the signifier for awareness there's all sorts of crazy shit in the show not to mention all that over-the-top violence in the context of certain things actually makes sense like george carlin once told a joke and basically uh i mean it, it wasn't so much funny as it was interesting but he did say you know Without electricity, how? what do you think is going to happen with society? What do you think is going to happen with people judging other people or killing them for a sport? Or, you know, like if all the prisoners are released when the electricity goes out, who's going to protect who? How are you going to handle things? I mean, it's a radically odd concept that might not ever happen. But, you know, if it did, you kind of get a sense that, you know, his assessment would be apropos. Meaning, you know, the criminals released from prison, if they went with their predilections, especially the more violent ones, might not exactly find a lawless society to be to their disliking. They might love it and fuck shit up and fuck us up. Don't know. That was the point of Carlin's joke. Um, 
But what I'm saying is that the propensity for madness and violence is always there explicitly in humanity. And to have Dolores be the embodiment of seeing all of our good and all of our bad and then the created test of judges is still just, you know, how much lower can the human race really descend? I mean, borderline extinction, uh, overwhelmed and decimated by our own creations and by the madness of one of our own who funded this thing so great fucking season I mean I, I can't emphatically state that more because you watch some shows and you know I love the entertainment obviously the way it's shot all that stuff the look of it the feel of it uh, you know simulation as authenticity it, it's, it's a very cool show but it's the questions that it, it, it allows your mind to ruminate over that fascinates me because our, our minds and our, our physical bodies and our interactions this is very interesting it's very interesting and I've noticed that you know even something like sitting there meditating being still uh, when you're observing things or when you're like let's say you're drawing you know, you're actually observing the shapes, the light, the interaction, and trying to give it some kind of shape uh, and create the illusion of three dimensions within two. Um, and the more often you're looking at the world and trying to draw it, um, and the more concentration you have, just the better the outcome of your work. So... This show takes incredible amounts of planning to shoot and execute. So I felt that the flies were deliberate in the first season. And it carries all the way through to now. And um, I feel like a lot of other things are going to carry all the way through to now. Maybe some things that, you know, we overlooked. Because sometimes examining things multiple times gives you a deeper breath or scope. Um... You know, stories change even after or even as they're more and more fully realized. Like the nature of the story could take turns that not only you don't expect, but just turns that you're like, wow. So it's very interesting stuff. Great season. Uh, I had a great time on a few pods I joined other people on. Um, this is a remarkable season. Uh, I'll definitely be revisiting it before the next one. Um, but it was great. It was glorious. And uh, I really enjoyed it to the point where I talked way too fucking much. So it's the Thack Daddy. Hoping you enjoy the rest of your summer and your life. And thank God we don't currently live in Westworld. Um, it's on the way. But, you know, some of us are older. So we might not have to live through the nightmare that comes. So, I mean... That's one odd form of optimism. Another form is that it transmutes itself. And even if we were uh, to literally live in an age of conscious machines, I'm sure the interaction would, at the very least, be interesting. Uh, much love to everyone. Be safe. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Uh, thank you for taking a few moments out of your existence to pay attention to me because it makes me real in your world to a very limited degree uh, because whatever's real in your world you had to pay attention to it first um, it's like attention and observation gives life to things so thanks for 
in whatever capacity giving me some attention and listening and observing my shit or my take or my point of view thank you very much uh have fun peace back daddy out